on this episode of Resi Week, my Lutron gets an overhaul, planning for failures, and the Echo connects with cameras and doorbells. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 141, Speed Over Service. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Harman International. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by one of my longtime friends, Andre Lalonde. He is an industry expert. He and I go way back. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good, my friend. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. And we also have Tony Savoyna. I totally screwed that up. After we, we just went through this and I screwed it up again. Uh, if you don't know Tony, he is the content director of Residential Systems. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's kick this right off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. Uh, Lutron overhauls its My Lutron suite of web-based tools. If you are a Lutron dealer, this should make sense to you. Uh, but what they are doing, this was announced just the other day, uh, they are overhauling, revamping, updating uh, their web portal for dealers. So this is currently built on four pillars. It gives you my business, my projects, my orders, and my service. It gives you all the information you should need uh, about what your company is doing and how it is working within the Lutron pipeline. Uh, most importantly, the, uh, the My Business pillar is going to, to touch on a couple of things, give you near real-time sales performance information, project pipeline and lead tracking, as well as the viewing and redemption of promotions and program benefits. Tony, since this is a ResiSyst article, we're going to start with you on this. This is one of those, uh, dare I say, value add uh, things that a lot of the manufacturers are starting to do, whereas previously... Uh, especially if you bought through distribution, you never saw any of this information. You never had access to uh, project information or tracking information or knowing where you were as far as selling. But even the d distributors are getting into this game. With Lutron upping uh, their their my Lutron backend, how does that in the the long run help dealers? Uh, I think it's uh, especially for the the residential guys who are. are you know, finding their way into lighting. I think it's a, it's a huge help in that it, it offers them a, a bunch of tools in areas that they may not be as comfortable as that, uh, comfortable being in as they are in other places. So it offers them the opportunity to um, really go get a good look and exactly what the product's offering and what the, what the value is, uh, with the, how they can run it in their own business. And then, of course, on the other side is that there's the monitoring of it just to make sure everything is, you know, the fact that they could make adjustments without, you know, sending out a truck. It's just, it, it, uh, I think it's a huge help uh, for them. Very good. Andre, you, you probably know a little bit about the Lutron back end occasionally. Uh, check it in if you're really curious what I'm alluding to. Um, <laughs> When you when you look at this and, and, and when integrators look at this, obviously these metrics are, are supposed to help them run their business, grow their business, et cetera. At what point do it does that overshadow the number of places where dealers or, or integrators or home theater professionals have to go uh, to monitor how their business is running? Hopefully they're they've got, you know, a 
a CMS or, or, or something, some sort of accounting software that's telling them where their business is at. Having multiple, uh, you know, manufacturer based backends, does that, does that cloud the picture? Does that really help them drive their business further? Where, where is that, that, that handoff? You know, it's an interesting question because I think a certain part of every relationship is a, clearly a relationship that's wanting to be held by Lutron and their dealers, right? So they're wanting to make that handshake. They're wanting to be able to have that ability of working with you hand in hand. It's about the partnership that they've created with the dealer. Matt, yourself, you are a Lutron dealer, right? So you know that relationship is absolutely key. And that's something that Lutron is, has always taken pride and, and really wants to be able to control that experience. Being said, eventually you are going to need some type of funnel or some type of basically larger site where you can basically get all your numbers from a single. Otherwise, you could end up using, you know, 20 different apps. Lutron, the article also mentioned that they're going to be mobilizing this type of my Lutron moving forward. So Thank God. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be on an app and you'll be able to find out right away and you'll be able to have that touch point and then you'll have to do it with, you know, Lutron and then you'll have to do it with your TV guy and your mount guy and your remote guy. Next thing you know, be like, all right, it's taking me too long. So yes, there will be the role of an aggregator. Somebody be able to pull that in. Dare say, some could say that would be the rep's job. Some would say that could be your salesperson's or your, your purchasing account person's job. So I think it's, it's, going to get things a little bit confusing to start, you know, it's a little bit of the, the storming, norming, forming, performing type of thing. But at the same time, look, when I was at Lutron, one of the key elements we always wanted to do is have that connection directly with the dealer, right? And being able to, you know, we would go up to our sales guys and say, look, we're coming to the end of the quarter. Do you know where all your sales, where, where each account is? How do you get them over to the next hurdle? Their programs are very rich and there's some very big bonuses or some very big add-ons to happen when you hit that next level. And the number of times that I feel the phone calls saying, had I only known, right? If somebody would have yeah. just told me, uh, no, now we're putting that power, now Lutron's putting that power back in your hand. So good for them for doing this and hopefully it'll encourage others to do exactly the same thing. So you brought up a really good thing, Andre. And this is a question that I always ask because there are a lot of integrators, a lot of home theater professionals who they, they interact with their reps all the time, but they don't always have those sit down roadmap meetings. Mm -hmm. And whether that's because they don't want to, or the rep doesn't do it or whatever, but there's always that question of, if I'd known, I would have, you know, bought some stock and, and thrown it in there to hit, help me hit that point. Is that, is that always on the, is that on the rep to, to, to stay on top of that? Is that on the integrator to stay on top of that? Where, like, where does that relationship hit? Takes two to dance, my friend. You have to have both sides willing, right? The dealer has to be wanting to listen in to be able to have that open conversation where the roadmap's going, what's going on. A lot of times the dealer, just because of the way their business is, the blinders are going and they're just running at 115 miles an hour. You do have to be able to hit the brakes a little bit. Likewise, from the manufacturers have to understand that it's their job also. Obviously, they want to increase sales, but ultimately they're interested in your business expanding and your business growing that's really because when your business grows their business grows right so they're going to all they, they're going to want to try to make it as easy as possible this app slash lutron which is currently on the lutron website i think is a really good step in creating trying to let's say offering the peace branch to be able to say let's go do this together right i'm holding up my hand you hold mine and let's take this together very good all right gentlemen let's go to our next article this comes to us from ce pro 
the best 238 word LinkedIn post by an integrator was a plan for failure. Uh, This is from Julie Jacobson. There is a integrator, um, sorry, uh, from Austin, Texas, uh, Kyle Griffin uh, from KG Theaters, explaining how his company plans for smart home failures. Uh, I won't read the entire thing, but uh, essentially in this, in this quick post that he made, what he said, and, and I quote is, as a full-time audio video designer and installers, I try to apply these lessons. I plan for failure. I put in good surge units that can be reset from afar. I label everything, leave Slack for service. I try to talk to the client about buying backups of key parts in the electronic world that may not be around for a long time. Uh, I teach them how to reset things and when to call or text me. Um, Andre, I'm going to come back to you uh, to, to start this one off. When we look at uh, this article, one which I, I wholeheartedly agree with, um, it, it made me think of a, a saying that I've heard many, many, many times that if you if you fail to plan, you've failed or you've planned to fail. Mm-hmm. That's not you know what he's talking about. He's talking about planning for failure, not to fail. How hard of a conversation is it for integrators who we always want to sell that perfect picture of? Here's your system. We're passing you the remote or the touchscreen or the controller or whatever. Uh, we're passing you the keys and everything will work forever. It will be perfect. There will never be a problem. You'll never call me ever. We know that doesn't happen. How hard is it to have that conversation up front of, so when this fails, here's what we do. Let's buy these extra parts for when they die. I think that's an extremely difficult conversation to have, but at the end of the day, it's a necessary one. It's part of handing over the documentation. It's part of kind of the commissioning the system, if you want to call it this way. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be proactive. I'm your partner. You've let me into your home. You've let me work with you all these times, right? I want to try to be a very good partner to you and a good, you know, create a really solid relationship. But, you know, even Toyota builds, a car that doesn't eventually require a recall or something like that. So the reality is let's plan for failure. Let's be able to, in case things do go wrong, I want to take you through just a quick let, you know, some quick steps as to what things could be done, how, how we could better position this in case things go wrong. I'm not planning that, but I think I'd rather be proactive about this than reactive afterwards. You and I both know, Matt, we've been on that side of the fence, right? Getting that phone call of, oh, well, there's a major recall or there's, oh, what do you mean the remote's not working and the Super Bowl's on in 13 minutes, right? Like, give me a break, right? They want to be able to have that. It's just part of the assurance. Uh, there's so much more, so many more solutions out there nowadays with, you know, services like Domotes and whatever else that you can actually go and monitor and, and you know, from afar and be able to reboot systems and that. I think the industry is seeing that this is just a necessary, necessary part of doing business. Tony, when you when you read this story, when you you know, hear where he's coming from, where, where Mr. Griffith is coming from. This is not an uncommon thing, but too often we all only tell the story in the sales part uh, of that conversation with an end user. We very rarely tell that story of when something dies, when something fails, here's how we're going to approach it. How do uh, home technology professionals, how do they get better at telling that side of the story and realizing that it's not a drawback to do it. I think there's a certain reality that people even come to expect, especially the more high tech everything gets that something invariably is going to go down. The remote monitoring is great. And, uh, 
And I think that's and almost expected now uh, that they can keep an eye on things. But as, as important as services, I think speed is even more important. So if you're addressing something as simple, they, and you could tell them, like, you know, if the problem is, is swapping out a surge suppressor or swapping out a, a connector somewhere that they could do, um, and if they keep it on hand, it's likely that they could, they could take care of it themselves uh, in a very quicker than any service person ever could. Um, I think there's there's an appeal to that there, and you know, easy for me to say. I, I'm one of those guys with one of those boxes in his in his in his garage. It's got every connector from the last ten years in it, every cable, and it has saved me. It saved me once, like a decade ago, and I remember that, and I have that thing, and that's why I'm not throwing it out. But um, at the, at, so I, I think there is. I don't I don't think it's unrealistic, and I don't think uh, you know to say that, listen, things will happen. It, it, it's going to happen. Um, how you react to it is obviously the difference in service and in, in difference in, 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 in how you treat your customers. But um, I, I think that, you know, prepping them for that, for the eventuality that will go wrong, here's how we're going to handle that when it does. There's also a level of comfort in there as well that you, they know that you, you, you expect this. You're not going to be shocked. You're like, oh, we got this. It's all taken care of. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's go to our last story of the day. This comes to us from The Verge. Amazon is now letting smart cameras and doorbells talk to Echo devices. More smart home devices can now connect to Echo speakers using Amazon's new API. So what that means is essentially you are now going to be able to uh, have a doorbell events source, a motion sensor, uh, and some other programming interfaces that will allow uh, essentially a, a smart doorbell to ping and play an announcement over all your Echo devices throughout the home, uh, alerting you to a visitor or, or transmitting a message. Uh, other things that this will support include devices from Ring, which Amazon acquired, uh, as well as August smart locks and more things to come. Tony, I want to come back to you on this. This has been a, this has been a really big year for uh, Alexa and, and Amazon in general, um, when they start doing things like this, that look like a lot of the things that we do as mine triggered, um, on a daily basis, how, like we talked about this the other day, uh, whether Amazon was a competitor to us yet or not, but when they're doing this, which is really, um, I know our, the, the, the control system that we use in-house for, for my integration firm. We've been doing doorbell integration for quite a while. This is now something where I don't need all those interfaces to do it, and half my clients already have Alexis in the house. How close are we to Amazon products being a true competitor to what we traditionally do as HTPs? I think very close. I think, um, I think that's the gateway. I, I think people, you know, they let it, they let these, they're into the house. They get an Alexa, they play around with it. The kids ask it questions. Um, sooner or later, they get a, a smart light bulb. And it's like, oh my God, I could turn the light out, uh, on and off from this. And then they, they stretch that a little further and they keep going. Um, so yeah, so now, and then Amazon knows this too, obviously when they, they bought Ring and, and Google and Nest. And, and so, I mean, they know that this is, you know, they're trying for it. They're looking to control more of the house and more of the area. Um, I think, you know, when you get to the really higher level systems and I know that, you know, they work with uh, Alexa and which is important, but I think that's a whole nother level. And there's a level of service that the integrators provide that you're never going to get out of Amazon unless they, they change their business drastically. Um, so I think as long as 
the service is there and you're willing to work with the Amazon products and in, in, in include them in bigger and better bolder systems, then I think that's the competitive edge that the integrators have over uh, the Amazon. Over Very Amazon. good. Andre, when, when you look at this, is something Tony said I, I'm going to come back to, but I, I wanted to ask you this first. Every time they make an announcement, every time they do something, I can't help but draw comparisons to other products and look at it instantly and go, man, that is a serious shot across the bow. Mm-hmm. I can't help but look at, uh, again, every release they do and go, gosh, they are literally coming after everything that we do. Obviously, there's a, there's a, there's a gap between ultra high-end, uh, you know, CD-level things and general consumer off-the-shelf like Alexa uh, and the, the suite of Amazon products. But are we to the point where, yes, everything that they're doing is a shot across the bow, they're coming at us? Or is it just that they're expanding their capabilities and hoping that we start following along with them? Their goal is to go after mainstream customers, which has historically not been the main audience of the CDA type of technology home professional, right? For them to be able to get into mainstream, they have to start pulling in certain projects and certain products and solutions that have been done at the upper end of the pyramid of the echelon and basically start bringing that information down and that type of systems down. So if anything, what they should be doing, the way I view this is challenging the dealers to be able to step up their game and move higher up the pyramid and move more into either middle market or into that upper echelon market, recognizing that there is a lot of space that is now slowly, that used to be called the middle market, right? And you've heard me use that term multiple times before, where that is now getting larger and larger and larger and becoming a lot more main or mastery. Right? That's what's happening. It's just a natural transition of time. And therefore, for the integrators to not only remain relevant, completely agree, Tony, you got to move yourself up that pyramid. But let's not also forget that there is a significant amount of work in what's called the do it for me business. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, these are all DIY solutions. Yes, this is stuff that's now starting to come into mainstream. But it's still way too technically comp- you know, complicated for the average bear. So although the average bear is getting smarter, this has always taken them a step ahead, a step ahead, a step ahead. And by the way, it's getting to a point where people are just going to be like, I don't have the time to do this. I'm just going to pay somebody to do that as well. So, so, so go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. So, I mean, so I think you've got a combination of there's two models that are now being that are now coming to play for the typical technology, uh, you know, the, you know, dealer. You can either look and move yourself up the stream to start really focusing on those jobs, on the more complicated type jobs where they are utilizing these systems and the capabilities and the solutions that are being offered by higher programs. But at the same time, don't forget that there's a very much larger group of jobs that are being done that are still requiring your assistance, your attention. If anything, that's a great place to start learning, right? Look at it from a training perspective. Let me sidetrack a little bit, but what a great place if I was getting becoming an ESC, if I was becoming into this industry. That's a great place for me to learn and for me to understand how these things work. And then you can train me on a Lutron, a Crestron, and a Savant afterwards, right? So it's a great training ground to be able to understand the network, not having to explain it to me anymore because I get it. And now you can show me the, the ins and outs of the higher end intricate systems. So, so let me ask you both this. 
leaning off what, what Tony said and what you said, Andre, when we start looking at that separation of either moving up a level to get into higher end systems, more complicated systems, if you're an integrator who's worked that, you know, entry level mid market, you're going to get a lot of pushback going into that upper level because it is more challenging, not to mention the clients as a rule are significantly more demanding. When we start looking at, dare I say, moving down to that DIY, do it with me, do it for me level, that can be a, a hit to the pride, dare I say, of a lot of home theater professionals who think that they're beneath that. How do you, how do you encourage integrators to either A, build a division to do that entry level, easier you know, DIY level product but more also, how do you differentiate yourself if you're trying to go up? If you're trying to make that step up, it's not something that's just showing up and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to build bid on that $5 million house. Because you, as a rule, will not have access to the right products or the right solutions to be able to obtain that level. How do you separate uh, yourself between those two areas? I gotta let Tony answer this one first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but okay. Um, well, I, I think uh, you know the the DIY area is, uh, I, you know, I, I think that it's it's certainly an offering. It's an easier it's an easier job, and I think that having those things, you know, offered is is a good way to to keep a shop busy. Um, and I also, like I said, I, I think it's a gateway. I think if you service some of those, you know, if you aim your 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 marketing right, if you go. It, some of those people you can work up toward a better system eventually as well, right? When they outgrow the, the, the DIY, DIY one, right? Um, or even some of your other services, you know, they're just, you know, they just starting to get an idea of some home automation. They have no idea of, of uh, the, some of the AV capabilities or, or the lighting and, the, and shades. Uh, there's, there's a whole, much more space. So I think that's a worthy investment to look down market and see if there's any, if, if you can bring that level up. Um, and then, you know, and make the leap back up. Uh, as far as, you know, being on the $5 million houses without uh, a, a steady, you know, we say, Matt, is that looking to make the leap jump mm -hmm. up without having any of those systems done already? Is that what, is that what you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, it it's, I, I, think I know. It's harder than going the other way. Yeah, I, I know my, my company specifically, we've bid against other integrators who respectfully have no business bidding the jobs that they're bidding. And we've won a lot of those projects and we've lost a lot of those projects because, you know, again, it, there's multiple of uh, reasons behind that. But as someone who's been in the business, whether you're in residential or commercial, uh, and we do see it on both sides, it doesn't take much to realize when someone's out of their depth. The concern I have is someone who kind of follows the, the bigger picture uh, opposed to just my own integration firm, you very rarely see that company that's trying to make that step up who's not ready to make that step up. They very rarely realize that they're not there yet. And right. as a competitor, they don't usually like it when I tell them that. 
So let me ask, let me offer this. We're at the edges or at the, the beginning of what's called a white glove economy, right? And this is because the products and the prices are all becoming blurred amongst each other, right? The only real way to differentiate is in that last mile is inside the home. It's your service, it's your brand, it's your name. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that's the person, that's exactly what the person is buying. Yes, they could be a nice, fancy projector, nice, fancy, but they're trusting you mm-hmm. and the safety of their family inside of their home, right? And while you're in there, it's up to you, Mr. Dealer, to be going after and trying to see where else can I help you, Mr. Homeowner, in any shape or form, right? Whether that be a DIY or a high-end system like a, you know, Carastron, Lutron, Control Force, Savant, whatever you want, pick whatever brand, makes no difference. But to me, that's the most important element, right? And if you're going to go after the DIY, then be the damnest best DIYer in the world. And you're going to be helping everybody and every grandmother in Arkansas and Ontario, Canada are going to love you because you are the person that they trust with trying to bring them up to, you know, introducing them. Meanwhile, if you really want to focus on that upper end and you believe you got the chops to go up at the upper end, right? Well, make sure that you are prepared to go after the upper end because as Matt's already stated, when you're going after the big boys, you're going to be playing against some people that have been, that know their stuff and they've been doing that for a long, long time. I've seen also too many projects fail because somebody wanted to take the next step up, right? And force their rep or their salesperson to basically move them up on a product line and they completely fail, Right. And then you have to wonder, Mr. Manufacturer, how did you even allow that to happen? Because ultimately to get access to certain controlled lines, that that decision still does reside with the manufacturer, mm-hmm. right? So it's got to be that partnership. It goes right back to the question you asked me about 20 minutes ago, right? About that partnership between the dealer and the manufacturer. That's part of having that robot discussion. Are you ready for the big leagues? Are you ready? Are you going to stay at that AAA level? a little bit longer so that we can make sure that all the corners are rounded, all the T's are crossed off, and then we get you ready for the big leagues. And let me show you a really good way to make a lot of money and a really good way to really solidify your reputation more and more and more. Yeah, I I think it definitely is a very hard thing to do. Uh, Whether whether you're making the decision to move down a level to go after some low-hanging fruit or to make that step up, and it, it's just a matter of hopefully you're being cautious about it and paying attention to what's going on around you. All right, gentlemen, that is all the time we have for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Tony, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential systems, where can they do that? Well, they go to residentialsystems.com or they can uh, follow me on Twitter, which is at Resisys, R-E-S-I-S-Y-S. Beautiful. Andre, thanks again for joining us. If people want to connect with you, uh, follow your musings. Uh, where can they do that? Uh, LinkedIn, probably still the best place. Otherwise, I'm also on Twitter at, at Andre Lalonde. Excellent. Thank you again. Uh, for myself, if you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover when you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 